This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back to Real Presence Live. Thank you so much for staying with us here on this Thursday, the last day of September. Which is hard to believe. I, again, Jack Frost could come any day and take my tomatoes. So I like what is the end of September. <laughs> We're moving into the beauty of October. October is one of my favorite months. We've got so many beautiful feast days yes. in the church, guardian angels. We've got all souls day yes. approaching and we're preparing for all of that beauty that comes with November moving into Advent and the, the anticipation of all that just makes October one of my favorite times of year. Plus fall is my favorite color. I'll just say it like that. <laughs> oh yeah, Miss Red. Fall is my favorite color. If fall I could wish be you all, all year. could see her I, flaming I, beautiful red well, hair. And I dressed in fall colors. Yes, you did. I did on purpose. I mean it, looking little, good. Thanks, thanks, Nick. I appreciate. I have a I have a face for radio, even if I dressed like I am for television. So, well, Kathy, do you want to introduce our our next segment yes. and how this is going to work? Yes, we're um, we're all back, and Madeline will be joining us too, along with Nick, and we're going to have a little roundtable discussion. But I'm going to share with you two stories, two pivotal stories in the life of Sister Bridge McKenna and Father. The Rainiero Cantala Mesa, and that's going to be our jumping-off point for our discussion uh, to wrap up our time with you all this morning. So, thanks for being here with us. I'd, I would like to start by sharing with you the story that Sister Bridge McKenna shared. I was really lucky to, I think it was in Fargo that I went to a conference, so shout out to all of you in Fargo here today. Went to a conference years ago where she was one of the speakers, and I didn't know of her at all. And she was someone who I would say that the story I'm going to share with you from her book called Miracles Do Happen, um, was one of those things that really helped me grow in my um, in my spiritual gifts by her sharing this. So um, she points out, I think, the importance of of how we find the Holy Spirit in our wonderful sacraments in our church and in Mass, particularly, is what this story is about. So I'm just going to go ahead and read this story to you from her book, um, Miracles Do Happen. And she entitles it, What Jesus Can Do in the Mass. Sister Breesh said, I realized this truth while attending an outdoor mass in a mountainous Latin American country. Many very poor people came to this mass. The priest was using an old table for an altar. A little boy was brought there who was suffering from very severe burns and sores on his body. I remember thinking, my goodness, there's really nothing that can be done. It's so bad. We have no doctors or medicine here. I admired the priest. His faith in Jesus taught me that I must let Jesus do what only Jesus can do in and through the Eucharist, change our lives. We prayed with the little boy. Then the priest said to the old woman who had carried him to the mass, just leave him under the table here and let's continue with the celebration of the Eucharist. As the Mass progressed, I was overwhelmed at the participation of the people in the Mass. 
I was impressed that the priest was so aware of what he was doing through this liturgy that he was making the Mass come alive for these poor people. It was evident in this priest's manner that he was excited about the Mass, that he had a deep and personal faith in Jesus. He actually transmitted this to the people who attended the outdoor Mass. As we approached the consecration, I had my eyes closed. When I opened them, I discovered that the people were prostrate on the ground. They lifted up their eyes to adore the Lord. The look on their faces made me think, they really believe that this is Jesus. Then, when I looked at the sacred host in my own imagination, I got the most beautiful image of Jesus with his two hands out. He was smiling with great love and compassion. He was embracing these poor people and saying, Come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you life and faith. This was the moment that I realized in the depths of my heart, Dear Jesus, this is really you. It may look like bread and a cup, but only you could think of such a creative way to make yourself present to your people. After the Mass, I went around to see how the little boy was. He had been placed under the table which served as the altar, but he wasn't there. I said to the woman who had brought him to the Mass, where is he? She said, pointing to a group of children playing nearby, there he is. I looked at the child and he was fine. There wasn't a thing wrong with his little body. I said aloud, but more to myself, what happened to him? The old woman looked at me and said, what do you mean what happened? Didn't Jesus come? During this Mass and in all Masses, the priest had put his hands over the bread and wine and he called upon the action of the Spirit to make this action holy that it may become the body and blood of Jesus. When the priest said this prayer, the Holy Spirit came. But of course, he was not limited to do only what the priest asked. The Spirit also put his power over the little boy, and the boy was changed. He was healed and made whole. Wow. Okay, we can just end right now. <laughs> it's, well, and what I, more could we say? I got to hear her share this story in wow. person. And, and she said, she goes on to say how life-changing this was for her. She also saw another child healed. We just don't have time to read that, that part of it. Um, and, and so it was amazing. And she said later on, um, months later in prayer, Jesus, Jesus had given her an incredible gift of healing. And he really spoke with her and warned her about that gift of healing and always having her point people back to him. Mm -hmm. And back to him in the Mass and the mm -hmm. sacraments. So that what he told her is, you know, Sister Breeze, a lot of people are going to come to you, you know, right. for your healing. And I think for all of us um, that operate in the gifts of the Spirit, we've really got to keep that strongly in mind. That the Lord is partnering with us and he's moving through us, but it's not us. Right. You know, it's not us. And so to always make sure that we're pointing the way back to the Lord and, um, and his graciousness to us. 
So I thought it would be interesting to have our little round table at this point for a few minutes and just kind of talk about, you know, why does a healing like that happen in South America uh, where people believe in a very simple and faith-filled way and not so much of that happens here in the United States necessarily. You know, are, are, are we like um, Nazareth where we take Jesus for granted, uh, that we don't see him? He's the, he's the hometown boy in the Catholic Church. And, uh, you know, or, or is it, you know, that I heard some preachers from the pulpit say that healing was only for the early church, which is not something I believe. Right. Me so, neither. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Any comments? Mm -hmm. Or any any thoughts from any any of you? Yes, um, you know I think it's interesting when you read the the scripture about Pentecost that the the disciples of the Lord they they watched him uh, ascend into heaven and then they kind of stood there and they really didn't know what to do and, <laughs> and then and then they were frightened and of course the Lord told them to wait for the Spirit um, and and they. They really didn't have that awe-inspiring power until the Spirit showed up, and then it transformed all of them. And they walked out of there uh, in, in a way that people said they thought they were drunk. And to the last man, except for John, they went to their death over the faith and, and you know, sent Christianity to the, the far ends of the earth. But what I saw in the Scripture was that they were gathered together in prayer. It, it wasn't that they... You know, each were in their home watching the Jetsons when the Spirit arrived. It was the, they were there anticipating it. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's great. Madeline, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I think that's, such, that's actually such a beautiful image that he said. And you're right, there's so many times in the Bible where it is about prayer, but it is about this deep, fervent belief that God can really do something. You know, when you hear about the um, the three men, uh, I always get their names on, uh, the, the, in the fire. Um, yes. Meshach. Shadrach. Uh, yes, and Abun... I can't... Anyway. Yeah, uh, I can never three, pronounce his name either. <laughs> I but anyway, those three, they had such faith that the Lord was going to um, protect them. And I think that that is something that is such a difficult thing for us in our modern day, with we're surrounded by technology and we're surrounded by uh, advances in healthcare that we just keep relying only on that instead of recognizing that it is the Lord that really can bring us to healing. It takes, like you said, prayer and a lot of faith. What we need to be in community, I think, sometimes to to, um, to make that really real for us. Yes, I. I love that. The being in community is so important, isn't it? And I think, uh, Madeline, both you and Nick really have thrived in those places that have helped you grow in community. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, like you said, the, the Celts um, referred to the spirit as like a wild, <laughs> wild goose. And, and one who lives in the spirit, at times you wonder, you know, like Ezekiel laying on his side for 390 days or whatever, like... <laughs> Is this a wild goose chase? And if you don't have people affirming you and, and cheering you on and operating in the same spirit, yeah, yes. you, you kind of feel outnumbered and mm -hmm. get lost. Yes. Yeah. So, no, right. it's, it's wonderful to have that camaraderie of each other. I know I've learned so much from, 
from so many different people. I'm so grateful for the people that mm-hmm. the Lord put in my life all along the way. And and again, hope mm-hmm. that hope that I can give it you know, give, give back, back in that yeah. way. But I think all of us would say we're always learning, aren't we? It just keeps going and yeah, going right. in this adventure with the Lord, for sure. Well, yeah. In fact, it says, let us not neglect meeting together as some people do uh, in Scripture, but get together to affirm uh, the yes. saints. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Love Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Oh, well, what else do you have for us, Kathy? You want me to go on to the next? Yeah, keep going. Okay. Let's do the next story. All right. So I'd like to share with you um, Father Rainiero Cantalamesa's story. And just as background for those of you who may not know who he is, um, I had read Father Rainiero Cantalamesa's um, reflections in the Magnificat for years. And I had always felt the Holy Spirit really kind of moving and shaking when I would read his reflections. I always loved seeing his name on a reflection. And I, um, I had found out that he was going to be a keynoter for a Catholic charismatic conference in St. Paul. So I really went to the conference mainly to hear him. Okay. Yes. And he told a story that I will try to share with you, and hopefully I won't mangle it, but this is my memory of the story. I'm not reading it out of the book, like Sister Breeze's story. Um, but it's a story that, again, it very much moved me, and I think it moved me to a deeper level of surrender as he shared that. So, Father Rainiero said, and he really has, it's kind of a funny story, he said he was teaching at the University of Padua in Italy at the time. And, you know, as someone who's been faculty and in that whole academic circle, uh, there's just a certain amount of prestige that goes with this and, and all this academic stuff you have to achieve and you can get really wrapped up in it. Uh, so he was very much wrapped up in it is what he shared. Anyway, he did have uh, parishioners and friends in the Catholic charismatic movement at the time and they kept inviting him to their prayer meetings, to conferences, and he always said no. He said he wasn't led to say yes to any of it. He thought they were kind of wacko. And so he avoided that at all costs. Well, one year, he he had wanted to take English classes and get uh, improve his English. And one year, this woman who was quite wealthy in the Catholic charismatic movement in his area, she actually said, well, Father Rainiero, if you will come to this Catholic charismatic conference in the United States, then I will I'll pay your way, and I'll send you to this school to learn English. So he said he even kind of thought, oh, I don't really want to do it, but he really wanted to learn English, so he said yes. So he was, so he went to this Catholic charismatic conference, and he said, strangely, it wasn't as repelling as he expected. (laughs) He was sitting in the back of one of the talks, and all of a sudden, the Lord gave him an open vision. And in the vision, he said that he was actually in one of those little two-people chariots, like you'd see the Roman chariots, like, you know, went around the Roman Colosseum. And he had the reins in his hand. And he said he was surprised to look and see Jesus standing right next to him. And he said that Jesus looked at him with these incredible eyes of compassion and kindness and love. And he said to him, would you give me the reins? 
And Father Rainier, I said, his initial reaction was, you know, heck no. <laughs> you know, I, I've, I've got these reins and I like them, you know. Right. And, and, you know, so that was his, he didn't say it out loud, but that's what he was thinking. And as he was thinking that, Jesus turned, kept looking at him and he said for a second time, will you give me the reins? And he said that time that he responded verbally to Jesus and said, well, Jesus, I'm a priest. I've sacrificed my entire life for you. And, you know, I always serve you. And, 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 and. Right. And Jesus just looked at him with that heart of kindness that came through his beautiful eyes and said for a third time, will you give me the reins? Father Rainiero shared with us at that conference that he knew what Jesus was asking, and it was a big ask. It was a big ask. And at that point, he said yes, and he turned over the reins to Jesus. And he said his life has never, ever been the same since then. He, he said he went back to his university job, and his prayer life got deeper and deeper, and he said a month or two later, he felt the Lord asking him to step down from his university position. And that was really kind of countercultural for him to do, but he was obedient, and he stepped down. And he said in the next month or two, he heard from Pope John Paul II, who then asked him to be his papal preacher. And that was the beginning of a very wild ride with, with the Holy Spirit. And, and again, I, I look at my own experience of being the recipient of being able to read his reflections and grow in the Holy Spirit through his yes to let the Lord take the reins in his life. So um, that was that was worth going to St. Paul for, for sure. And St. Paul was wonderful, had a great trip overall. But that story continues to move me. So at this point, Madeline, do you have any more to share, like about a deeper surrender the Lord is asking of you in your life? Have you experienced that? Yes, I have, actually. And I love that story so much. And it it kind of goes off a lot from um, the previous story that Nick was sharing about um, if you have, sometimes you have gifts and then you, you, you lose it. And I think that being myself personally, um, it's happened to me where I, I feel like I have this gift since I have a, a pastoring of bringing people together in community. And I was very involved in my church doing lots of things like that. And all of a sudden I feel like I did lose it. And it really wasn't all of a sudden I let go of some things. Uh, and then I never had opportunities again. And I think it was about this uh, going and rediscovering what is God really asking me. And I realized that I was making some of those things about me and not about the Lord. And I think that can be, I, I was so uh, excited to hear you say that, that really maybe that's what we're called to do sometimes when we have a gift or, or it's not coming out the way we think. Uh, are we really on a sincere heart, humble of heart? Uh, and I feel like that's what God's asking of me right now. He's saying, think about this gift, is, which is the one you really have the strongest um, focus on, or the strongest to place in, in, in your uh, to-do, and you're not, you need to prepare yourself for that. Um, anyway, so that's where I'm at right now, is trying to feel like, I feel like I'm at a precipice. I'm needing to let go of some things, 
and move into a deeper area that the Lord is calling me to, but it's very scary. (laughs) Yeah. Having the confidence to do that is really challenging for me. Yeah, taking that leap. I mean, Madeline, I'm glad you brought that up because I think it's just okay to share that it is scary, you know, and, and yet... I think it launches you like Father Ray Nero, Cantala Mesa, into the biggest, most awesome adventure of your life. You know, we take mm-hmm. the leap, and Jesus is there to fly with us. He he grabs your hand, and and you're <laughs> off and you're off and running. Thank you That's so much. Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. Nick, how about you? Something to share on that deeper surrender? Yeah, um, you know. The fact that each one of us is guided, well, each one of us is a limited uh, human being, a mere mortal, and our God is unlimited. And so the, the different things that he wants to accomplish within us, being as he has unlimited anointing and power and potential and all that, we actually have to make space within ourselves. And, you know, some of that is repenting from the old and letting go of sin, but some of it is also like, you said caring about something that is good standing in the way of something that's the best. And, mm-hmm. and that, mm-hmm. you know, I, oh, I might have a great ministry here, but if that's standing in the way of what God wants to do somewhere else, I'm best to let go of it. <laughs> Definitely. Not, not the easiest to do, though, right, Nick? No. Yeah. True. No, and but- I love that. I can say, I love that idea of it. And I've been really praying about that. That's become a, a mantra for me is from St. Jerome is, are you living, a, a, are you good? And are, is there something um, that's best for you? Or are you at the place where you think, or are you focusing on what's better? And I, I don't know. I think that's where we have to trust in the Lord completely. And, and you said, ask, ask the Lord to help you get to that place. Yeah, I think that's so important. I use that good, better, best all the time mm-hmm. in my prayer life to discern. And I think for those of us who've, you know, been on this adventure for a while, most of our choices are good choices. And that's what's uh-huh. that's what's difficult is is to mm-hmm. um not just go on our own understanding, but to sit in patience until we hear clearly from the Lord about what he does want us to leap into or jump into or which cliff we're diving off of with him. (laughs) With him as the parachute? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well-packed parachute. (laughs) Definitely. Uh Yeah, we're we're not diving by ourselves there. No. We're doing tandem dives with Jesus for sure. I love that image of tandem diving with Jesus. Yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't that be great? Yeah, then you're free to experience the joy of the 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 jump and yes. not having to overthink how it's going to work. Right, under his wings. Yes. You're Definitely. just along for the ride. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, we unfortunately we have to end. Is this like the saddest moment of the entire show? <laughs> I, I think it is. I think it's the saddest moment of the show when we're having a great interview and then we have to go to the preview up in Fargo because, man, Eli, you have to tell us what's coming up tomorrow, right? I do. You know, we've got an exciting show coming up, just like today's show was exciting. Tomorrow's oh. show is exciting. You're coming just trying, you're trying to soften us up. What are you? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. 
There's an exciting show coming up tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. That'll be hosted by Nick Medelsky, coming to you live from the St. James Coffee Shop in Rochester, Minnesota. We'll talk about breaking down the sacrament of baptism with your kids. Plus, Christine and Bruce Bartholomew will share their conversion to the Catholic faith. And Dr. Susan Windley-Doust of the Diocese of Rochester will tell, uh, Winona, Rochester, I should say, will tell us about an exciting conference coming up in November. All that and a whole lot more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. That'll be tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Right back to you. Aw, you're so kind to send it back to us. You could have kept it. Oh, yeah, you say that, but I don't believe it. So I I would love to hear, Madeline, do you have any parting words of wisdom for us as we wrap up today? Well, that's very kind of you to let me do any parting words of wisdom, but you know, I have to say that as we've been talking today, and what an honor it has been today to meet all of you and to be on this program with you, and I would just say that as we've been talking about our gifts, for me, the takeaway message is that we just have to use them, uh, and we have to explore them, and we have to, um, we have to, and actually in our readings today, it says that um, the harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. And I just feel like that was such an important message today in, in our readings and um, to really focus our, our gifts on knowing that they come from the Lord. Um, we're in a time. We're in a time of, uh, of great action. So it's time for everybody. Explore your gifts and use them. Yes, dive in. I love that, Madeline. Thank you so much for being here with us. I was thinking that I would end with a little prayer to the Holy Spirit as we end our time together. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit and they shall be created and you will renew the face of the earth. Oh, thank you so much, Kathleen, for hosting with us today. I appreciate your your gifts and your beautiful uh, heart that you're sharing with our listeners here on Real Presence Live. Thanks, well, Karen. Stay with stay with us because coming up next we have more great programming here on the Real Presence Radio Network. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast anytime of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live. Local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.